Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. You know, I'm not really surprised what has happened to the female basketball player who got caught in Russia with a cartridge of THC in her luggage. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You wouldn't catch me dead in one of those countries right now, man, with weed or not. But at the end of the day, are you surprised the outcome, Ned? Heavens no. It's all politics. She had uh, smuggled marijuana and everything else, whatever you call that stuff, into the country on many occasions before and never been stopped. But this time she was, just back in August when this happened. This is Brittany Griner, about whom we're talking. Six, seven, All-America basketball player at Baylor and a star in the WNBA and a star for the women's Olympic team, which is really strong. But the Russian authorities stopped her and threw her in jail, and she made the appeal of her nine-year sentence yesterday. You knew it was going to be denied, just a formality. It all is setting up for a prisoner exchange, and I think that's what's going to happen, and I wish our government really would make some very strong moves with the the Russian folks. We hold in our country a Russian arms dealer who is serving a 25-year sentence, and he is the one the Russians want back. She's the one that Biden and the administration wants back. So we'll see eventually what happens. But as far as surprise is concerned, the repeal was denied. (laughs) Hardly. You knew it was foregone conclusion that it would be. It's uh, unfortunate, but at the same time, it's it's got to be tough for guys that you know went to prison for the same amount of uh, possession in this country, and they're watching our own government make a trade for someone in another country. And, and it's kind of like those are, really? prisoners in this country are being pardoned. Well, possibly, yes. And it's already been put through the uh, through these services and so forth and so on. It's it's an altogether different circumstance. It, again, it's a political measure because we are at odds with Russia. Russia's at odds with us. Who knows where it's going to end up? Well, um, you know, we'll see. You're right. Who knows? But we definitely don't want to turn this into a political talk show. Jeez <laughs> Louise, Ned. All right. Your thoughts on the New Marlins manager? They made a great choice. This is Skip Schumacher, who, of course, is a longtime Cardinals player. And this year was the Cardinals bench coach. All right. What is a bench coach? Well, that's the chief advisor to the manager. In this case, Oliver Marmol, who knew him well. But prior to that, uh, Skip had been the uh, bench coach or bench boss, so to speak, for the San Diego Padres for three years. He's a very astute baseball guy. And the Marlins hired him yesterday to replace Don Mattingly, who stepped down at the end of the season. Mattingly had been around and He'd gotten as much out of the Marlins as I guess you possibly can. Well, if anybody can make this franchise into one that's viable on the field, you can't play for the players, of course. But you can put a lineup on the field that's pretty salty, and I think the Miami Ball Club is headed that way. They have a former Springfield Cardinal who is a candidate for the Cy Young Award this year, Sandy Alcantara, who had pitched really, really well for them. So it'll be Schumacher taking over the Marlins this year. I think you'll do a very good job. They are a National League East team playing the same division with the Mets and the Phillies and the Washington Nationals. So it'll be uh, it'll be challenging. I think Miami's going to be a challenger. Yeah, I, uh, I think they definitely could be. They they've always seemed like sometimes they're on the cusp, but we'll see now with the uh, new blood leading the ship. All right, now college basketball. We are getting very closer. <laughs> When's preseason open? One week from tonight for the Missouri State Lady Bears, they will have an exhibition game. 
and they will play at the new Great Southern Bank Arena. Keep in mind, and this is, I think, kind of flown under the radar a little bit, all the Lady Bears games this year are starting at 6 o'clock. That's a change from what it has been over the years. It used to be 7, but now they've moved it ahead one hour to 6. Lady Bears will play Missouri S&G, the Lady Miners from Rolla, and they're pretty good. That's a team in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. They are Division Two in the same division with Drury and Southwest Baptist and some of the others. But hey, it'll be a pretty good little challenge for the Lady Bears, who are virtually new this year. New coach, a lot of new players coming in. Interesting little test for them. So it's one week from tonight that the Lady Bears have their exhibition game, and again, it will start at 6 o'clock. The Bears have their first and only exhibition game a week from Saturday night, and they will play Kansas Newman. Kansas Newman, folks, is in Wichita, and they are the newest member of the MIAA Conference. That's with Central Missouri and Central Oklahoma and and Northwest Missouri and people like that. Kansas Newman is an official member for the first time this year. They'll be pretty good. A good test for the Bears, and the Bears are all new with 14 new players on the team. So <laughs> we're seeing an altogether interesting change in the in the hoops scenario for Springfield. Are you excited to get back to uh, Shea Reynolds there at the uh, <laughs> arena? We'll be up there refereeing. Uh, I know you will be. You always are. That's the best way to watch a basketball game, hands down. According to the ultimate wisdom of the National Football League, you break a vacuum cleaner. Four games! You assault 21-plus women, eh, what, just half a season. You get caught with a bunch of semi-automatic weapons, two games. It doesn't make any sense to me, Ned. It doesn't, and I get it. The the timing, it really sucks, but at the same time, I'm glad it's against the Titans in Jacksonville. It still sucks, and we're talking about Frank Clark here. But it doesn't make any sense. There's no precedent set. It's like, yeah, we'll do it here, and we'll do it then, but... His sentencing came down before the beginning of the season, and they wait till this point. It took him that long, really. Well, they did the same thing with Willie Gay. <laughs> so dumb. I don't understand what the NFL does, but you're you're posing that it query makes no sense. to the wrong person. I do not know, but what you're making reference to is the fact that Frank Clark has been suspended for two games. Uh, it does, of course, does not include this week because it's an idle week. So it will include the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will not be in there. And this is from an incident that occurred last January in which he was discovered with weapons in his car. Well, all right, the judicial from a federal standpoint has already been decided and he, he has community service and a fine and so forth and so on. But for the NFL, it's a two-game suspension for personal conduct violation. I don't know who makes the decisions. I'm sure they have a special committee along these lines. But why it takes so long is a bit of a puzzle to me. But I think it is to everybody, although I'm sure the Chiefs knew this would happen. But it's a two-game suspension, and it takes place, of course, starting next week when the Chiefs get back on the field again on a Sunday night game against the Tennessee Titans and then carries over to the Jacksonville game. So Clark's been playing well. He is a key member of the of the defensive line, a crashing defensive end, but hey, Kansas City's played well defensively with subtractions before they'll continue to do so again. And they really have had a really good uh, uh, depth 
step up, especially in reference to the Willie Gay situation. Um, talking about Harris, could not say enough good things about him. Thank God we got Nick Bolton running the ship. I think he's done an incredible job his second year. So, again, it sucks. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I knew that the dude was going to sit. and You knew it was going to happen. It just, the timing is weird. The amount of games is weird. And when you compare it to other situations, it just makes no sense to me. But, you know, again, it's the NFL, and they're the ones that are wise, not us. All right, Chiefs power ranking. They go up or down after that performance in San Francisco. Well, they went up in Kansas City's viewpoint. <laughs> there are about 142 power rankings, but I thought just for the heck of it, I'm going to look at the, the Chiefs Nation or whatever they call the thing, Arrow, Arrowhead Pride, I think it is, or something. Well, this will really be objective, right? <laughs> they put the Kansas City Chiefs second, second behind the Buffalo Bills. Great. I think Buffalo is one of the top teams, if not the top. But wait a minute, how do you deny an, a team that's undefeated, the Philadelphia Eagles? And they put them behind the two of those teams, the Bills and the Chiefs? Maybe that is the case from a strength standpoint. But you look at the tangible evidence, which is the record, and Philadelphia is the only undefeated team in the NFL. So you push them down to third place. That's... <laughs> there we have... There we have reasonable, objective, senseful, senseless, senseless in the Chiefs' case, picking. Anyway, that's beside the point. The power rankings don't mean a blasted thing. We've talked about them before. All it is is for us in the media to talk about. And it's a beauty contest, and uh, your record is what it is, and that's what gets you into the postseason, and then what you do in the postseason is what gets you the ultimate power ranking, which is the championship. Well, you do have to win. You do have to win. All right, you know, it was uh, hot and heavy there for a few days going into the weekend. Everyone was like, oh, Chiefs are going to sign Beckham. They're going to get him. They're going to get him. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't really think we need him. Um, after Hardman showing in San Francisco, I think that kind of proved the point that we don't need him. It'd be better if we got, you know, maybe an end rush or something, especially at the Frank Clark situation. And maybe that's what they were thinking, uh, knowing that was coming down. But do you think he's still going to sign with the team? According to all the reports, he is, he being Odell Beckham Jr., has narrowed his choices to two teams, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I'm with you. Do the Chiefs really need a guy like that? He has he has a miserable track record of being uh, a welcome teammate in the in the locker room. He's been with oh good lord, the Cleveland Browns, and he's been with the the New York Giants, and he's been with the Los Angeles Rams, who aren't happy with him. The guy is coming off a knee injury of significant proportions. Has not played this year at all. Hadn't played since the Super Bowl when he uh, had the knee injury, which was a torn ACL. Do you want somebody like that? The guy has talent, but he's also been around now for quite a few years. It's the same thing as Le'Veon Bell and some of the other retreads who Kansas City has picked up, and they have never done anything. I would be, I'm quite honestly surprised if the Chiefs bid on this guy and offer something to him. I think he's probably headed for Buffalo, though. That's, that's I really feel where he wants to be, although he has officially narrowed it to two choices. Anybody going to bid for him? Anybody going to put up the big bucks? Well, we'll find out. Yeah, I think we're, we we don't agree all the time. But in this situation, my friend, we are 100% in agreement. All right, Ned, you have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.